And hello and welcome everyone to the Comic Multiverse, where the worlds of nerd meet. As always, I'm your host, Joel, and joining me as always is my partner in comic book crime, it's Matt. Hello everyone. Yes, another week, another episode of the Comic Multiverse, and we actually do have a fair amount of news topics to cover this week. I, I know, Matt, you probably go through this too, but we know something huge has happened when we wake up, when we check our phones or devices, and we see, huh, that's like 30 Twitter updates. Either someone died or a new <laughs> relaunch got announced. Yeah, it's either one of those two things. It's never anything else. No, it can only, only be those two things. Either someone has died or there's been a new relaunch of some variety. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I mean, I guess with that, we can just hop right on into it. But this week... Uh, the big story that had everyone flapping their gums was Marvel announces the Fresh Start Initiative, which was only a couple months after the Marvel Legacy Initiative. And everyone goes, is this a reboot? And anyone who's actually been paying attention goes, no, no, it's not. No, it's it's not. It's They're, they're just basically relaunching a couple of issues. There's only like, what, four or five issues? That we know so far. There might be some more coming yeah. down the pipeline, but basically, yes, it's another creator series shakeup, which some people are like, oh, why do they keep doing this? And in my mind, I'm like, we all knew this was coming. Yeah, it's Marvel, so it's like every... It's, it's like every six months now, basically. Basically, and like, here's the thing. Uh, everyone's like, well, you know, Marvel Legacy just started, and indeed it did. I hate to give credit to 4chan and Bleeding Cool, but god damn it, they were both totally 100% correct on this one. Even when, even before Marvel Legacy was coming out, Bleeding Cool had run an article that they got from a 4chan post that basically said, yeah, you know, Marvel Legacy is by all accounts uh, just a holding pattern to get to, uh, so certain books can get to big landmark uh, issues, so they can have big anniversary issues and maybe charge a little extra here and there before and also to give them time to get a new COO and also you know change uh, and work on stuff for the actual real deal uh next relaunch and yeah and like when you look at it like it really was especially when you look at like books like um uh the invincible iron man that's literally in a holding pattern at yep. the moment it's not moving it's like okay hey, we're almost there we're on a couple more issues and then we're we're there yeah yeah. And, and the books that have had some major growth and have had some major change, like your Daredevils and your Thors and your everything else, those were books that have pretty much been going unmolested the whole time, regardless of yeah. the change. Now, you could yeah. argue that, hey, that's a good thing, because if you're reading the book and liking the book, it doesn't get fucked with. But if you are one of those, you know, people looking for a new jump on point, you'd be a little fucked if you tried to jump on and be like, oh, I still have no clue what's happening exactly exactly yeah that i know there's some books that like i've wanted to jump on mm -hmm. but like because i haven't been reading them and i i am technically a new reader of it i've been and like yeah no i can't i have no idea what's going on a lot of them it's like don't even bother where it's like hey spider-man got a new number one can i hop in here no no you really cannot because no. dan no. slot <laughs> is writing the same story he's been writing for over a decade now sorry <laughs> Yeah, and that's where like DC kind of like beat them to the punch with it when they did their legacy numbers. It wasn't really like like you could jump on. Yeah, you didn't have to read like the like on on Action Comics. You didn't have to read the nine hundred and eighty odd beforehand. You could just jump straight in. 
It's funny, I'm sure you've seen it on Twitter, what Marvel used to do is when they would renumber, they would have a little thing up in the corner by the Marvel logo that told you what issue you were really on. Yeah, well, apparently that's what they're doing with this relaunch. Like they're doing like, like they're doing like, it's going to be Avengers issue one, but really it's Avengers issue 801 or something. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently they're doing that, which again is probably going to confuse a lot of people. Yeah. But I mean, it's something they probably should have been doing this whole time. Not something they're just starting to now, but Hey, we did get some insight into what the new titles are going to be. And the first one, they put their best foot forward and Matt, I'm not going to say the comic multiverse can take 100% credit for this, but if you listened to our show last week, Matt and I swore we would grow our beards until Jason Aaron, (laughs) our fellow brother in beardiness, was made the head writer of Avengers. Well, guess what? It only took a couple days. I think someone on Twitter, like, both mentioned us about that. It's like, well, that was, like, the shortest protest. (laughs) And look, I'm not going to take credit for it, but we did it. Mission accomplished. (laughs) We did it. Never let it be said that the comic multiverse multiverse does not look to the future and does not know what is going on in the way the winds are blowing. Yes, it was dead. Marvel saw us and were like, oh, we, we got to get him on the book. Well, now, well, now, <laughs> the, well, now. At the 11th hour. <laughs> which, which again, Jason Aaron on Avengers, that was also from the mysterious 4chan post that seemed to be like 50% correct, like 40% conjecture and 10% shit has changed. <laughs> yeah yeah th- th- that's gonna be a really cool book that's that's okay. a really good book yeah <laughs> they they really again they put their best foot forward and they basically took the idea that fans have been saying forever it's like look there's seemingly too many avengers books now there's gonna be one avengers book you get iron man you get captain america you get thor and a rotating cast of extras so every avenger gets some love and hey look Look who's coming out. It's Black Panther, everybody. He had a big movie. And it's Captain Marvel. She's got a big movie on the way. And here's Doctor <laughs> Strange. We're really pushing him right now. <laughs> yeah, and it isn't like um the Robbie Ray as Ghost Rider on the yes. team and everything. I think is I think this book is looking to deal with the stuff that was in that legacy issue with the Celestials and everything, yes. since those those people are in this in this uh book team makeup yeah yeah uh, now called the dark celestial matt and yes yes apparently this is this will be jason aaron following up on that twitch i'm like good good that was like how long ago you had marvel legacy number one <laughs> set out this big story then just did nothing with it yeah yeah uh, that was a while ago but yeah I'm, I'm very happy for that that it looks really great i think they they've got um uh ed mcginnis doing yard and he's yes. always fantastic uh right. when he's done avengers and justice league and all that sort of stuff so very, really looking forward to it very very muscly she hulk this is probably the musliest yeah. she hulk has yeah. ever been to which i'm like you know what good i'm glad you used she hulk and not banner hulk even though i say banner hulk is like my favorite avenger because he's only ever been avenger for a little bit and then they kick him <laughs> out and everything i like they have she hulk because she hulk makes more sense for teams where if banner is just coming back to life right now and avenger no surrender i would like to have him like a solo book on his own where no doubt they will return him to his original status quo of oh i'm really sad and walking around the desert being hunted by the military yeah i like his role in uh no surrender at the moment it's yeah. they're, they're teasing it very well yeah they're, they're not just going straight to it no no they're, they're 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 teasing you with the hulk you gotta tease the hulk a little bit <laughs> you, you wouldn't like to see him when he's teased <laughs> <laughs> he'll he'll fly at you <laughs> he sure will <laughs> but 
but yeah. Well, also, it's pretty. It's pretty funny as well because wasn't last week we were talking about She Hulk and yes. that mini and that series of hers, and now she's yes. got this. So maybe something might be happening with her. Maybe something might be happening with that book and everything. Yeah, who who knows? But yeah, good looking makeup for the team. Jason Aaron has been batting a hundred recently. We'll be talking about uh, his six year run on Thor when we talk about what we read this week. But yeah, I I can't think of anything better than putting him on that title again. What a novel concept. Let's take our triple A creators and put them on our flagship book and see what happens. <laughs> who knew? Who knew that would work? <laughs> who, who knew that could happen? And I wonder, too, if this is kind of like a reaction to uh, Scott Snyder taking the reins on Justice League, which was another team book that should have been a flagship and could have, you know, should have been at the top of the heap, yet was weirdly floundering. I kind of feel like this is that's what it is because that plus like the 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 legacy numbering and like some of the stuff like marvel have been doing is kind of like in reaction to what dc have done with yeah. dc rebirth and everything and how they've found success in it it's it's gonna be a very interesting time moving forward because obviously marvel's like hey fresh start we've got our x-men back and we've got our fantastic four back and you know we have here's the original trinity of marvel leading the avengers again and our biggest uh, talents on our big books and everything again meanwhile you look over at dc and it's like okay you guys have been king of the hill for like the last two years since like dc universe rebirth number one but now a lot of your original rebirth creators are moving on Mm -hmm. detective comics tynan's gonna be leaving that book soon percy's leaving green arrow uh a lot a lot of books are getting shuffled around in their creative teams and everything you're you're betting on justice league right now and being like okay look we're gonna fix what was broken in justice league we got a brand new series we got scott snyder we're gonna make that a book to read again and then we also have like super sons coming to an end and maybe becoming something else and we also have hey bendis taking all the superman books and i'm like okay this is this is kind of a gambly direction you're in right now yeah this, yeah, this is this is make it or break it time where it's like, OK, do you do you keep building off this amazing nonstop momentum you've had for the last two years or do you get complacent? Yeah, that's the thing. They, they've got to watch what they're doing at the moment because it, it it could like go really well for them and they, they'll have another couple of years of like really good books and good creative teams or it could go horribly wrong for them because here's the thing for anyone who has read comic books for as long as me and matt has or even just anyone who studies the history of comic books it is always an up and a down it's always mm-hmm. a roller coaster and rarely if ever do you have a situation where both companies are up at the same time usually it's again just just turn the clock back like five seven years ago and it's like oh dcu ooh, marvel's kind of down or you know dc's kind of down right now they're not having a great creative period but marvel's like oh you know we got jonathan hickman and we got secret wars and you know and yep. so we're getting all this you know great acclaim and everything and then oh everything kind of switched around and then we've had a couple years now where Marvel's fallen on their face a little bit and DC's been riding high. It's kind of like, oh, this electricity in the air. Are we are we ready for a shift? Could a shift happen again? <laughs> yeah, you can kind of feel it coming yeah. a little bit. And if it doesn't happen, that's going to be weird too. Because like, here's the other thing, and I was thinking about this. DC Rebirth was only two years ago. But because mm-hmm. of their new shipping schedule, you've already got books that are in their 40s and everything. They've basically done four years worth of work in two. They, yeah, they basically have done the new 52 
in two years because the yes. new 52 all went to 52 issues yes and they're already like you know 90 percent of the way there mm-hmm. and again a yeah. lot of their creators a lot of their a creators where it's like oh you you kind of tired out a lot of your triple a creators on this thing i can see why a lot of them had to stop and why some of yeah. them even just had to trade books to stop themselves from going crazy and stagnating and everything this this will be interesting going further because, you know, it's like for all of Marvel's problems, Marvel has done a great job courting young talent like your Donnie Cates, like your Matthew Rosenbergs, like your Ta-Nehisi Coates and your G. Willow Wilsons and everything. DC, quite the opposite. DC's like, oh, well, we've got all the greatest industry vets and, you know, we've got all the people who are connected to industry vets and people we are grooming to fit in that, you know, next peg and everything yeah. where it's like, oh... You guys don't have an excess of young writers. Will will we see them maybe try and entice a lot of these young writers to step across the aisle and being like, look, we'll give you all this money to come work for us if you're not on an exclusive contract. Or, hey, who are the hot new indie stars we can get on our side? Yeah, they. I know they tried to do it with, obviously, DCU with all those like new sort of indie-ish books and everything they were doing. But, yeah, that kind of like fell on its face because like no one wanted it at that time but uh, yeah if if they were to do something like that again and maybe be a bit more careful with it it'd be really good i know like when they do the um they're like specials like their halloween specials Mm. their christmas specials that's all written by the people who do um the the writers workshop program thing they have with scott snyder and everything so yeah. yeah Yeah, maybe yeah. we'll see some more of them. Uh, again, I mentioned Donnie Cates and I mentioned Ta-Nehisi Coates. Well, guess what? They're behind some of the other new number ones we know are coming. Uh, Donnie Cates is going to be taking over Venom at number one. All right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, why are they pushing Venom so much? They're pushing him so fucking hard again. It's like you're taking one of your triple A young talents. And you're putting him on Venom? Please don't tell me you're doing this just because Venom is getting a movie soon. A movie that everyone is almost certainly going to hate that they already hate before it's even out. <laughs> why Why would you do this? Why? It makes no goddamn sense. Now that being said, they've also kind of reset the clock on Venom where it's like, oh look, he's all gross and drooly again. Yeah, yeah, they kind of gone back to a little bit more of a classical look to him. We're going full bore lethal protector, and you know, we're gonna have a whole story about symbiotes and the nature of them, and Eddie Brock and the symbiote being at odds with each other, and I'm like, okay, I mean I'll I'll check out the first issue. I I like Donnie Cates a lot. I'll I'll see what yeah, I would doing. I'd prefer if it was um was it who was it i'd prefer it was if it was uh flash thompson yeah well, well here's the thing too as when we'll talk about spider-man in this week he's back now he's agent anti-venom and the rumor is he might be getting a mini series at some point somewhere and i'm like oh so eddie gets the series but flash the superior <laughs> venom gets yeah gets a mini yeah he gets shit on again <laughs> gets shit on just a little bit uh black panther's also returning to a number one and apparently they're finally kicking off that big like wakandan space empire storyline that they've been teasing like forever now i i i'd probably give that a read though like how many books has he got at the moment like that have gone through number ones there's like an origin one there's like a uh like a one that's sort of set in line with everything else there's all this other stuff we have we have the lexus comic yeah there's we have yeah. a lot of Black Panther minis going on, as we always do whenever there's a new Marvel movie out. They want to be sure to have the entire shelves covered with this character. But yeah, Black Panther goes cosmic. All right, that's new and different, especially for a character 
who has done so much genre hopping in his time. Space literally is a new frontier for him. Yeah, I, I'd be really excited to see what they have planned for that. Because um, was that teased in Legacy? Uh, I know. I remember reading where it was teased. I just can't remember where. It was teased in a bunch of places. They've been teasing it a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it, it looks super interesting. It does. It's also kind of funny, too, where it's like, you know, oh, uh, he, he, even in the new movie where Black Panther's like, you know, hey, don't don't talk to me, colonizer. Oh, now the Wakandans are literally being colonizers now in colonizing space. I really hope they delve into that, like, they're kind of being, like, the things they hate. Yeah, where it's like, man, you know, it was really easy to talk shit, now we're actually doing these things. Yeah. <laughs> it would be funny to do that, especially because they're putting so much more emphasis now on the Marvel cosmic side of things. And again, we'll talk about that when we talk about Infinity later on in the show. Uh, another new series they've announced here. Uh, I don't think this is tied to Marvel Fresh Start. I think this was coming out anyway. But uh, Quicksilver, No Surrender, a brand new miniseries from uh, our buddy Saladin Amid. Yeah, it's an instant buy for me. Yeah. Sell it in a mid. <laughs> I mean, you know, I was at the point of being like, no, you could never make me care about Pietro Maximoff. I don't give a shit about Quicksilver. Oh, oh, it's coming out of new, uh, No Surrender. Oh, really? The guy who made me give a shit about Black Bolt is writing this too? All right. Yeah, and, and, and the fact that it's coming out of um, No Surrender where, like, we got a little bit in, I think, like, issue two or three of his character and, like, what his deal was, mm -hmm. how he was, like kind of like the black sheep of of rogues team like yeah. that interested me and maybe that's what this book's going to be about like sort of follow that line uh, a little bit more well the solicitation we have here is that it kind of they kind of make it sound like uh great episodes of the flash on justice league where it's like hey he runs so fast that everyone around him seems to be running slow and he's trapped in a world where he's all alone because he's going too fast yeah, the, the, the sort of um, synopsis for it sounded really interesting. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like a cool outside-the-box idea. Uh, I'll check it out again, too. Hey, look at us push more mutants. Look at us push more X-Men characters. Yep, yep. That's always good. Again, too, it's funny. All these new Marvel projects sounds like they're written by the same five people. <laughs> <laughs> Which, don't get me wrong, all very talented people. But again, I worry the writer burnout thing where it's like, guys, you can't have the same five people write everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yep i mean g willow wilson only writes miss marvel and that's why miss marvel is probably as great as it is because she has time to go over every little thing yeah she's only got one thing to worry about uh, which hey you no know, the rumor for that was that she's apparently in fresh start going to be taking over captain marvel which as i've been saying forever is probably the way it should be yeah, yeah, the, she has, like, the Marvel family. Yes, like, the second G. Willow Wilson starts writing Miss Marvel, I will start reading Captain Marvel again, which, hey, <laughs> I, I only stopped because I'm like, man, you know, they're never going to top this uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick stuff, and arguably they never did. Yeah, that, that DeConnick stuff was really good. It's very hard to top. Again, it was that perfect fusion of creator and character and being like, okay, this is the new status quo. This is the new thing. And hey, don't be surprised if they start uh, putting more time, money, and effort into Captain Marvel books now because of the movie. Yeah. 
which is always the way. And hey, speaking of female superheroes, and we were, uh, here's a story that we were abuzz about on social media, Matt. Uh, Joss Whedon announces this week that he is stepping away from the Batgirl film because he just he just didn't have a story for it. And Matt, what, what did you say on Twitter that made me laugh so much about this? <laughs> um, when, when we first learned that he was doing a uh, Batgirl film, uh, we got like quotes of him saying like that he came to the studio and pitched a story to to them and that's how he got the film Mm -hmm. but like now we're getting like this really obvious pr spin Mm -hmm. uh comment about how he didn't have a story so did he just like lie did did he lie or is you i think you maybe it was mitch it was either you or mitch who said this on twitter but it was something to the effect of oh oh joss whedon you don't have a story for batgirl if only there was a pile of comics spanning decades yeah. that you could look into or anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I think it's definitely damage control, both partly because of Justice League, but yeah. also I know he's been having, he's got like some stuff in the tabloids. Yeah. And yeah. His, his ex-wife saying he's actually a real piece of shit and like yeah. especially a real yeah. piece of shit to women where it's like ooh, when you're helming a young female-led movie probably not what you want in this <laughs> and the fact yeah. that they're just saying like that like oh yeah he he didn't have a story uh doesn't sound like that sounds like you're kicking him to the curb or he left or again like you said justice league where it's like well you know joss we're looking out our window right now and a bunch of very angry people in costumes keep yelling, release the Snyder Cut over and over again. And we think that's your fault, apparently. So, shoo-shoo. <laughs> now, now, again, too, I wonder, I, I would also hope maybe another reason why this project is losing Joss and assumedly falling apart at the seams is that, uh, what is it, those new guys apparently running the DC side of Warner Brothers, uh, team, oh god, what the fuck are they called, team, uh, team genre, I hope the team, yeah. I hope the team genre guy stepped in with common sense and said, well, well, hey guys, uh, maybe, uh, maybe we shouldn't be working on a Batgirl spinoff movie when we don't even fucking know who our Batman is going to be in the next little bit, maybe, maybe we should prove we could make Batman work before we start working on, uh, spe- uh sequel spinoffs. Yeah, that it seems like they might be starting to sort of get their shit together a little bit. It's, it's they're still like going ahead with like movies that have no, no that that shouldn't be around like a Nightwing movie or anything that shouldn't be around yet. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Nightwing because a lot of people are like, okay, well, if Batgirl is seemingly being scuttled, does that mean Nightwing is being scuttled too? I don't know if it was the possible director or the possible actors. Like, don't worry about Nightwing. You're definitely going to see Nightwing at some point somewhere. And I'm like, who are you again? Why am I supposed to care? <laughs> I'm going to remember that when they have that announcement that he's like left the movie or something because oh, yeah. of creative differences or something. Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and again, too, I come back to the same thing. Yeah, I'd love a Nightwing movie, but I'd really like a good Nightwing movie. And if you can't even get your Batman to stick around, I'm not going to trust you with Nightwing. It's like, hey, you you crashed my golf cart. No, you don't get to drive the Lexus. Yeah, I I don't I just don't understand their reasoning with all these like movies that have no like no benefit but also like like what's a lobo movie gonna do like what's 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 a batgirl movie gonna do when you don't have a batman yet what's you know focus on you know batman superman and wonder woman first and then yeah. do your yakomans and your, your cyborgs and your flashes then do your batgirl and your nightwing 
I mean, that's if you're even still really interested in doing a shared universe, and if you're not, yeah, then it's like, okay, then you're really going to have to work overtime to make these work and make these make sense on their own. Part of the benefit of having a shared universe is you don't have to explain near as much. Be like, hey, this didn't make 100% of sense to you. Go watch this other movie, and I'll put it all into perspective for you. Exactly, exactly. When it's been, yeah, they've got like those Joker movies, which apparently start filming soon. That one, that one that's done by like the Hangover guy. Like, what oh, the yeah. fuck is going on? People, people like the Joker, Matt, and you know the 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 hot topic operators of America really want new <laughs> Joker merchandise to put in their stores. I think they're basically funding this. <laughs> and I mean, hey, if Hot Topic would like to sponsor the comic multiverse, please, by all means, I will wear whatever you send me. <laughs> just, <laughs> just give me, give me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll start saying good things about the Joker movie. Look, I never said I had standards. I never said I had any of these things. <laughs> They'd be like, can you spit into some skinny jeans there, Cape Joel? And I'm like, no, no, I can't. Ah, then you're not good for Hot Topic. I'm sorry. We, we, we only sponsor people who can fit into skinny jeans, and you don't look like you could fit into skinny anything. <laughs> well, fuck you, hypothetical Hot Topic man in my brain. <laughs> I want your damn product anyway. Now, did you hear this rumor that's shooting around while we're on the subject of uh, DC Warner Brothers and what's happening right there? Apparently the hot rumor flying around at the moment, and again, take with a grain of salt, someone probably pulled it out of their ass, but it's an interesting conversation nonetheless. Apparently, like, uh, Aquaman is very close to being finished now. They have, like, a full uh, uh, thing to look at, essentially. And apparently Aquaman turned out good and that's terrible for them because they're already shifting money and resources away from their shared universe thing into all these other new side projects. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like it's like early screening things. And I think like every, every DC movie early screenings have been good, mainly because yeah. like it's people getting to see a free movie. So they're going to say it's good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. Like Justice League got it. Batman versus Superman got it. Suicide Squad got it, and we all know how those turned out. That's true. You know, early screenings again. You gotta, you gotta take it with a grain of salt and everything. But at the same time, wouldn't that just be goddamn ridiculous if Aquaman came out and everyone's like, "No, that was pretty good. Yeah, it was really nice. Too bad it's not part of a shared universe anymore. Too bad nothing will come of this Aquaman movie." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man, I, I think I might have mentioned the Black Panther show, but it bears repeating. I bet the director of Aquaman and Jason Momoa, when they saw the success of Black Panther, like, but but I'm a warrior king, too, of a cool nation. <laughs> I I can do a thing. I'm I'm cool. I, I also fight a villain who's probably trying to take my throne and everything, but I... Oh. <laughs> oh, the water hides yeah, the Aquaman's beaten, tears. Beaten. <laughs> Yeah, beaten to the punch again. Yeah, beaten to the goddamn. That's so sad. Again, the only time they beat them to the punch the other way around was Wonder Woman. <laughs> <laughs> and even there, the like, it, like Captain Marvel and all that might be good because, like, Captain because like Wonder Woman was a good movie, but it was like it was still like like that end was terrible and everything. And that last you know, fifteen minutes, it was pretty good. But just saying it was pretty good doesn't make it like perfect exactly and again too it's like when the bar is as low as dc warner brothers yeah, superhero yeah. films are at the time where it's like wow that was better than anticipated and yeah, the ending wasn't great but boy did it ever clear those hurdles that, 
that's why when I saw that Aquaman thing, people were saying, oh, it's just as good as Wonder Woman. It's like, well, Wonder Woman was a pretty okay film. It yeah. wasn't anything special, you know? Like, that's pretty low bar. <laughs> also, too, where it's like, I'm really interested in Aquaman, too, because Aquaman has, like, decades worth of, like, vitriol and stereotypes it has to overcome. <laughs> I mean, I guess it might do okay because people saw him in the Justice League movie and people seemingly seem to like him. Oh, really? Because, like, everyone I've talked to seemingly, like, hates him because of they, they think he tried too hard. Yeah. Like, oh, you tried too hard to be cool. Yeah, well, I guess we'll see. I mean, but sometimes people like people who try too hard. <laughs> I, I appreciate you're trying too hard. It means you care. <laughs> Please like me. Please like Aquaman. Please come to Atlantis. Please. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I imagine we won't be having that conversation, like, with people, like, being like, man... Wish Wakanda was real. Wish there was a place I could visit. I doubt people are like, man, wish Atlantis was real. Wish it was a place I could visit. <laughs> I get. Well, if it looks anything like it did in Justice League, then... Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, oh. But hey, uh, onto some positive DC uh, casting news here and live action news. Apparently that uh, Titans show, the one with the really awesome costumes that's coming to that new... Uh, Warner Brothers streaming service, whatever that is. This week uh, and last week, they cast a robot man and Elastigirl. Yeah, apparently, like, second episode in, we're getting the Doom Patrol. Like, proper Doom Patrol. That's fucking nuts and fucking cool. It's so awesome. So that's, awesome. That's really goddamn good. Where it's like, okay, Titan show, bef before you had my interest, now you have my attention. <laughs> <laughs> Like, look, between the great costumes and deep cuts of being like, yeah, not only are we doing a Titan show, but we're also doing freaking Doom Patrol. <laughs> I wonder what else they'll be doing on the show, because that's like second episode in, and it's like a, I think a 10 episode series or something. Now, he here's the crazy thing. If they're doing Doom Patrol, Beast Boy is a member of Doom Patrol or Changeling or whatever they're going to call him. Could he potentially be on Doom Patrol and they could set that up of being like, yeah, he'll join the Teen Titans, just not now. Yeah, or, or he'll, like, go back and forth. That would be something. That would be really cool. Also, to be like, hey, yeah, we, we know full well that Beast Boy was on another team before he was on the Teen Titans. Everyone thinks he's an original Titan. He's actually not. Yeah, and it, it as well, it could be like a um, like a sort of backdoor pilot for, like, hey, if, the, if they've people respond really well to the doom patrol we can have a doom patrol series and then they can have like people like beast boy guesting on it and everything yeah. i i wonder if part of the reason behind this was like hey you know doom patrol is actually doing pretty well over in the young animal imprint maybe we should try and push these guys a little more yeah maybe yeah yeah i mean hey more more power to them i'm excited yeah. for that and yeah, I, are we going to get Flex Mantello, though? Ah, I, I hope so. I hope we get all the weird-ass Morrison characters. I hope we get I hope we get the sentient street who is also gay. Yes, I yes. I hope, I hope we get Phantom Guy. I hope we get all the weird-ass Morrison stuff. <laughs> I love that street. He's in the, the current build of the team, and it's so awesome. As he should be, yes. A, a street that is sentient and psychic and is also gay and talks to you through signs and shit. <laughs> how, how fucking high was Morrison when he came up that oh you know and I'll have a hero who's a street and he'll talk to you through signs and everything oh and the street and the street is gay and his editor was like how can a street be gay oh you know a lot of male strip clubs and bookstores oh <laughs> it's oh. just those two shops oh okay 
you 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 shine on you crazy diamond (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and hey speaking of young hero news and we were this is a topic that i think is very near and dear to both you and i matt uh solicitations came out for dc comics over the next little bit and uh, apparently super sons will be ending a lot sooner than we thought it will be ending around issue number 16 but the writer is swearing up and down this is not the last you're seeing of damien and uh john the book is becoming something else i reckon that we're gonna have a because f- we've been being teased by it i reckon we're gonna have like a like one set in the future Dealing with with this like sort of fallout of um, Super Sons of Tomorrow, and because we've been seeing flashes of both of those characters as yes. adult heroes over yes. the years, so Actually, yeah, yes, you're a hundred percent right on that. We've seen Damien of the six 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 future, and we've seen John all grown up. Yeah, that would be really interesting. Jump to the future, yeah, and, and it become not it, it could still be Super Sons, but it'll probably be called something else. Super Sons of Tomorrow or Super Sons twenty ninety nine. <laughs> yeah, three thousand or something. Oh yeah, they're like, oh shit, we don't own twenty ninety nine. Fuck. <laughs> oh no, Super Sons Beyond. There you go. But yeah, it sounds pretty cool. I know they're getting they're getting like a special with a uh, Blue Falcon and Dino Dog. Wow, that's pretty cool. Wow, what a thing! And yet also <laughs> they're kind of perfect for that team up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I fully support that endeavor. It was nice, too, because Peter J. Tomasi was talking on Twitter, and he also rarely talks on Twitter about, like, all the outpouring of love and support for people when they thought the book was canceled. He's like, no, 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 everyone, it's, it's not canceled. I can't spoil what's happening, but something is happening. <laughs> He's like, shit. Yeah, I lo- lots of people love that book. And with good reason. It's really, really good. It's probably one of the most pleasant reads. Mm, Yeah in DC Rebirth, an era that has been, you know, uh, defined by very pleasant reads. And we'll probably talk about the issue that came out this week when we talk about what we read this week. Yeah. But uh, before we do that, we have one last news story. And this is definitely a topic in a segment I'm calling Shit Only Joel Cares About. (laughs) We've, We've done this before on the show when I've talked about SWAT cats and other things. And ironically, I'm also talking about a cult Canadian cartoon here. Uh, did you ever watch Reboot, Matt, in the day? Or did that not make it to um, Australia? I, no, no, it did. Um, I didn't watch it, like, every time I was on, but I was aware of it. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Here, here it's kind of a cult thing. Every Canadian kid loved Reboot because we knew it was a cartoon that was talking about the internet and technology, and it was made here in Canada. It was a very early CGI show. You know, like, like, like I didn't grow up with Tron. I grew up with Reboot, and that's, like, my frame of reference <laughs> for shit like that. And it never got a it never got an ending, which is really sad. It never got a satisfying ending. It was canceled, and money got pulled. But they had some cool movies in there, and there's a lot of really great moments in it. Uh, I, ironically, the same people who would go on to animate that show also did the Money for Nothing and Chicks for Free music video. So if you're a rock fan in any way, you'll see the connection. <laughs> they've they've been threatening forever. They're gonna come back with a new reboot show and everyone's really excited because like oh good we'll finally get to see what happened in the final episode they'll finally give us some answers they'll give us some closure and everything and it'll be just it'll just be like the show we remembered and now is the perfect time to do it because with shows like you know rebels and how to train your dragon and everything you know cgi animation has gotten so good and you can do it on a tv budget (laughs) oh fuck (laughs) me 
<laughs> oh god, they finally released, or more like unleashed uh, upon the world, uh, the trailer for Reboot the Guardian Code. And, uh, yeah. yeah, so... You know, like those machinima series they do sometimes, where it's like, hey, look, we're like a big important TV show. We've got, like, actors and everything. Yeah. It's like someone did that to reboot. No, <laughs> no, no, no Bob, no glitch, nothing. Else. Megabyte shows up for a second in the trailer, but it's also like, oh, oh, Tony J died a long time ago, so you don't sound right, and no one can sound like Tony J. Just fuck all of this like i i I scrubbed through the trailer because i'm like no i don't i don't even want to watch i was scrubbing through it and even just still images i'm like ow ow you punched me in the childhood reboot the guardian code why would you punch me in the childhood like that what did i ever do to you you fucks is have they like um uh like like made it like like gritty oh yes have Um, they yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they, they've made it gritty. They've made it hip and trendy. They've made it, you know, uh, t- t- totally turned up bra. It, it literally, it, I would love to have been in the room when they were pitching this. I imagine it's much like the Poochie pitch room from The Simpsons where it's like, no, 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 no. He needs to be proactive. He needs to be hip and in your face. He needs to have nunchucks and sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> look look we know what the kids of today want and it's one of these things too where it's like this is doomed to fail because again you didn't ask the most important question when developing this and that is who is this for yeah they just just made it and like eh, it'll be for someone o- old fans are going to hate this in just a straight up knee-jerk reaction because you're pissing all over the legacy of the original reboot and new young fans aren't going to give a shit because they don't know what the fuck reboot is. They've never heard of it. Yeah. And also yeah. the show just looks bad on a technical level. Who would want to watch <laughs> this? And I'm just like, God damn it. God damn it all to hell. God, is it um? Is it going to be on Netflix? Like, is it, is it a Netflix quote-unquote original? No, I don't even know what network it's going to be on, actually. Because they've, they've been putting out a bunch of shit recently, so... They have been. There's a lot of talk about that where it's like, you know, hey, for all the accolades Netflix gets for the risky shows that no network would touch, man, they, they put a lot of schlock out, too, don't they? But it's not only that. Like, their movies recently have been really shit. That, that movie from Duncan Jones, Mute, I watched that the other day. That is horrible film oh yeah that i just saw that when i was looking through it today actually oh it is awful really that's a shame yeah it has no no idea what it what it wants to be and what it wants to do and and people have suddenly realized like oh oh duncan jones when he made like source code and moon that was with someone else Mm. and that someone else must have carried him a bit Oh, uh, yes, Matt. It's going to be on YTV, which is the original network for Reboot. It's the big Canadian company. I think they're partly owned by Chorus Entertainment and Netflix. There you go. They'll buy up any old shit now. It comes out March 30th? Oh, my God. It comes out in five days? Holy shit. No, not five days. About a month. (laughs) It's still in February. Oh, shit. (sighs) See, see, th- this thing has broken my brain to the point I don't even know what month we're in anymore. <laughs> oh my god, so that comes out next month, which meant they just dumped the trailer out recently. That's not a good sign when you only get your first trailer after years of development a month before it's coming out. 
Yeah, this is gonna. That's probably like the only advertisement it's gonna get. Probably, and like, here's the thing: I wouldn't even have known about it if, uh, what is it, a uh, Wooly of the Super Best Friends, another Canadian uh, who loves reboot probably more than I ever could. He tweeted about it, and that's how I saw it, and that's how I was like, you know, just God, just goddamn everything. <laughs> just d- d- damn it all to hell! You, you, you blew it up! You blew it up! You maniacs! <laughs> damn you damn you all to hell for what you did to reboot oh <laughs> uh, god damn it but uh yeah with that everyone we could hop into happier topics we can hop into what we read this week and god damn this was a jam-packed week again i'm still not done everything i didn't even get to read avengers no surrender yet because i was so busy reading everything else and that one just kept falling further and further down the pile <laughs> yeah i didn't read uh, much or anything but before we get to that there is one other bit of news i just want to talk about oh yeah sure because um, i know some people wanted me to talk about and that's we got a new trailer for krypton this week oh that's right we did and we got our first look at brainiac why does brainiac look good in a show that's going to be shitty not, not, not only that like like in the trailer we got like um like shots from from the show of like the skull ship yes. like sucking up planets and everything and as well as like Brainiac in in the show and everything and yeah he he looks so much better than like he looks better than what Justice League was able to do with their villains. Yes, he he sounds creepy too. He sounds like Brainiac yeah. should sound. Also, uh, like did you see they had another thing they came out with that was Jeff Johns talking about the show and the creation of Brainiac and it's mm-hmm. like why yeah well, why does Jeff Johns care so much? Why does Jeff Johns have such a stake in Krypton? Yeah, that's the thing. Like yeah, he he's sort of like the same role as he is in the movies. But my my theory is that maybe the people in the movies have told him to like kind of like fuck off a little bit Mm -hmm. like because he wants to do all this stuff and they're like no people don't want that they want you know multiple joker films and all that sort of stuff (laughs) so he's like they want martha they want lots of martha (laughs) yeah yeah so he's just gone fuck it i'm gonna go do doom patrol on tv as well as krypton and then like this krypton show the more i see of it the more i become interested in it i'm thinking is david goyer like since he's not with Zack snyder now has he actually done something good or, or again, it was hard to deny the Jeff Johns influence on this. And I'm like, oh, oh yeah. of, of course Jeff Johns loves this. They're basically just doing his version of Brainiac that he did <laughs> in his Superman story. It's like, yeah, this is a truly great version of Brainiac. I should know I wrote it. <laughs> yeah, they had like pictures of his art with Gary Frank and everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and yeah. I'm like, oh, that's why you're stoked about it because it's all about you. <laughs> which, which again made me kind of wonder. I'm like, oh, so Brainiac is like coming from the future to the past so he's already fully formed because i wondered i'm like are they gonna do like the brainiac who was an alien from uh what is it uh yeah yeah kaluan yeah he's a kaluan yeah is he gonna be a kaluan are they doing the whole like evil ai thing from the cartoons and i'm like oh so he's a time traveler and an alien kaluan and i'm like okay that's that's that seems to be what the show's like based around like yeah. something to do with like someone traveling back to krypton's past because that's why like adam strange is there as well and then apparently like hawkman's gonna be there as well and... could, could krypton not suck maybe maybe it's it's so strange they haven't fully advertised it properly though no. they, they should be advertising this sort of shit not you know adam strange sitting on a rock in like <laughs> A hoodie. Because <laughs> it's like, you know, I, I complain too, and I think we all complain when they announced Krypton. It's like, who the fuck wants Gotham but for Superman? 
Exactly. Well, stop doing like prequel shows. Just do a Superman TV show. You have. You've the got right. the budget. You've got the budget. You can see it with Supergirl. Yeah, yeah. You have the budget. You have the rights. It's not like you're going to confuse people or turn them off to Henry Cavill. They're already turned off by Henry Cavill. <laughs> yeah, he did that to himself. <laughs> It'd be like Cavill. You had your chance. <laughs> now we're going in a different direction. You'll see. You'll all see. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's like, so from like, I, I refuse to watch Krypton to seeing that trailer, and I'm like, I will watch a couple episodes of Krypton. Yeah, it's it kind of piqued my interest. It comes out in a couple of weeks, like March 21st or something. God damn, there's, there's almost too many superhero shows now. Like, I'm going to have to start <laughs> making some cuts. There, there is quite a few of them. It's like, okay, you're cut, you're cut. <laughs> can't watch all of you well actually i can but you know i've got i have to have a life too on top of that (laughs) i can sit and watch all these superhero shows or you know i could go outside how terrible would that be (laughs) it's like trees and wind and shit no yeah the graphics aren't too good (laughs) no the graphics outside suck i don't want to do that (laughs) uh and with that we can't actually hop into what we read this week and again another week i'm saying this every week i haven't gotten everything done and oh boy have i not gotten everything done but i did read a lot they they dumped a lot of big events on us this week did they ever (laughs) Uh uh-huh where it's like look i i'd love to complain about like marvel being like oh god why do you have three major events going on at one time but it's like oh oh they're all good and they all actually represent different sides of your universe okay yeah, I'm okay with that. They're yeah. good. <laughs> as as a friend of mine once said, nothing nothing washes the taste of a bad event out of your mouth like a good event. <laughs> but yes, I'll I'll let you start, Matt. What to, what do you want to talk about first? Um, I will we'll start with obviously Infinity Countdown Prime mm-hmm. Issue One. Yes, was was yes, not the... expecting them to go the places they went here. They they went so this is basically like Marvel Legacy two sort of but like following like logan's story mm. from that yes um because because you get to see him like obviously meet with loki who wants the stone who sent the the frost giants after him when yep. he first got it and i i like his 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 interaction with loki so oh, much really just good. like stabs him because he stabbed him and yeah, <laughs> yeah the eyeballs popping out and <laughs> and loki being such a shit lord too he's like look look logan just 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 give me the stone and you don't have to worry about it anymore you can just go back to your normal life which i guess makes sense why logan hasn't made contact with the x-men yet or any of his friends it's because he's keeping track of this stone now and he doesn't want uh, it to fall into the wrong hands yeah and not only that that he seems to imply that he wants to try and collect them to like yes. try and get like ahead of the game in terms of like his own life as well as the mutant kind yeah he says you know maybe if i can unite all the stones maybe x-men won't be kicked around anymore i'm like ooh, ooh, jerry duggan are you doing some meta narrative about like look i can undo <laughs> the last like 10 years of shitty x-men stories <laughs> if i get all of these stones i can bring yeah. cyclops back to life and make them good again <laughs> <laughs> yeah i could write every all the wrongs all the wrongs will be righted to which in the back of my mind i'm like do it do it <laughs> that's probably what's going to end up happening something like that it's like yeah it's like yeah it's a legacy for the x-men it's like you know one moment in time for the x-men and look everything's back to normal <laughs> which hey like here's the thing everyone who wants the stone has a pretty good argument for why they want all the stones 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. This issue, like when it wasn't dealing with Logan, it was more of like a catch up on like where where the other stones are or like where the people that are looking for a specific stone are. And before people correct us on their gems, not stones, no, they throw the gauntlet down or, you know, the infinity gauntlet down <laughs> and say, yes, they're stones now. And they're stones now because they're different than the infinity gems because the gems were destroyed at the end of secret wars well actually more to the beginning of it they were destroyed they were destroyed in the multiverse and now they're coming back and not only are they back now but they're also different colors to match the movie yeah they also seem to imply that they they might be from a different reality yes as with like um carol danvers has the reality stone but she doesn't really have the reality stone like all the captain marvels of the different realities have them and i like how they at the end of that on that page they had like they had like the the shazam captain marvel like yeah, with different colors <laughs> yeah they're like yeah all the captain marvels of the entire multiverse including this guy who looks like shazam and all i could say to myself is like <laughs> man that multiversal shazam has had more screen time here in this issue than real shazam has had <laughs> in like the last three years yeah 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 Man, that Shazam's yeah. doing stuff. <laughs> there are there are a few things Marvel can still dunk on DC for, but that's one they can definitely dunk on them for. <laughs> but yeah, that's cool. We catch up with the Guardians of the Galaxy. They got the big-ass Power Stone that they can't move, and the Novas are trying to protect it, but a big war is going to be breaking out because the Raptors and a bunch of other people want it. Yeah, they want to... Uh... Gamora doesn't want to protect that power stone because she wants the soul stone because it's got her soul stuck in it and she wants right. that back as well as I think Drax's soul is in it. Right, which is all stuff from Jerry Duggan's Guardians of the Galaxy run. Duggan, who is writing mm -hmm. this now, so if you're confused, go and read that. Yeah, you only have to read like the last couple of issues because his legacy run was very short. Yes, it was. Which they actually, they cut it even shorter for this, which made me wonder if some of this was supposed to be in that Guardians run. But they're like, no, 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 just put that in the bigger story. I think I think everything involving uh, Adam Warlock and all that was meant to be Adam Warlock as well as maybe Pimtron because yeah. they did toy with like the idea of like Ultrons in out in space and everything. Yes. Uh, Duggan didn't invent Pimtron, but he did bring him back and has been putting him to great use. He did it both in his Uncanny Avengers run, and he's doing so here as well. Yeah, he seems to be like, why is no one using this really interesting character? It's I'm going to use him. Maybe the most interesting new villain we have. And again, to borrow a wrestling term, they put Pimtron over huge here. He goes on a monster heel run and looks very strong <laughs> in his debut match. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. They they put some really interesting stuff with it, and I think the most interesting was like they've seemed to have separated Ultron and Pym a little bit. Yeah, or the, whereas like Pym, whereas like Pym is stuck in the Soul Gem I, now, Soul Stone. Yeah, the idea I took away from it is Pymtron really wanted the Soul Stone because he could bury what good was left in Hank Pym inside of it. Like that's the pure Hank Pym. Yeah. That's the good part, and you know the rest mm -hmm. of Pym is the kind that hits his wife yeah yeah which which would be an also a nice way to clean shop and be like no 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 no. when you killed pimtron you killed all the evil spousal abusing part of me too <laughs> i am completely clear and free from that i no longer want to hit my wife <laughs> oh good thank you 
Uh, that's cute. Uh, Turk Barrett has a stone, and he's been using it to take over the New York underworld. And I'm like, oh, that's cool, because you and I both said, what, Daredevil's having a tie into Infinity? What the fuck is Daredevil yeah, going to do? That, when I saw that, I'm like, oh, cool, Turk's got the Mind Stone. And I'm like, oh, that, that explains, like, the Daredevil one and maybe, like, the Black Widow one. But yeah. the Black Widow one, I think, is, like, tied in with the reality gem. Yeah. It's, it's great, too, because it's like, oh, Turk, yet another guy who's been a punching bag for decades in the Marvel Universe. I kind of want him to unite all the stones and get a little revenge on all the heroes who are always kicking his ass. Yeah, yeah. Um, who else did we get? We got the um, the uh, scrolls, the super scroll got the one, got the time stone. I loved that bit where it's like, hey, remember Sakaar came back in the Hulk book and it made no goddamn sense? How? Oh, oh, it was because of the time gem. That's why. Yeah, the time gem was like hidden inside it, hidden at its core or something. Oh, and yeah, yeah I, I love the fake out they did with that because on the cover it looks like, oh, the thing is going to have the stone. But no, it, it's <laughs> it's a super scroll. <laughs> because his hand turns into the thing's hand. And even better, yeah. that wasn't just any super scroll. That was Clert or Kelart or whatever the hell you pronounce yeah. it. It's all fucking weird. The original super scroll, the OG one. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, he wants to do some stuff with the the Scroll Empire, get get back what they used to be, I guess, or R- something. R- R- he wants to make Planet Scroll great again, is what he wants. Yeah, and it, it makes me think as well because in the Adam Warlock one, we got that that really nice um splash page of all the heroes like dead on like the big tree, mm-hmm. which I assume is Groot and everything, and we saw like a shadow, which everyone. Could see, thought would be thanos but what if it's the super scroll because it had like pointy ears that that kind of look like thanos's helmet and that's the beautiful thing about this story they've set or it, it could up be ultron or it could, could be, be ultron. yeah that's the beautiful thing about this story they have set up so many culprits of who the big villain could be that unites the stones and ends up destroying time and causing an infinity apocalypse it could literally be anyone at this point yeah, and it, or it could be someone we haven't even seen yet. It could be someone we haven't even seen yet, to where I'm like, okay, I like you've put a mystery on top of this now and given us several very, very strong candidates. Yeah, it's not just, you know, Thanos again doing it. Yeah, although Thanos is there and they say Thanos has completely taken over the Chitauri, and I'm like, man, the Chitauri can't catch a break, can they? <laughs> yeah, if they're not being controlled by them, they're like with the Raptors, or uh, they're always being controlled by someone. Man, I feel bad for the Chitauri. It's got to suck being a slave race. <laughs> man, I hope one day the Chitauri can be free, is all I'm saying. <laughs> also, hey, th- Thanos with a Chitauri army, kind of like in the movie. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I also, too, again, talking about the Super Scroll, he's like, I will bring honor and glory back to the once great Scroll Empire. And I'm like, yeah, you go, man. The Scrolls were cool. I hate we don't see them as much anymore. And then I'm also like, oh, yeah, the Scrolls kind of need to come back and be a threat again, don't they? Because they're going to be the villains in Captain Marvel, right? Yeah, the villains in Captain Marvel and apparently X-Men Dark Phoenix or whatever the hell that movie's called. Yeah, when it's ever going to be. You know, the X-Men movie you're allowed to skip because it won't matter. <laughs> you know that one yeah but yeah uh infinity countdown prime really awesome if you've been on the fence about this infinity thing i think this issue will get you off it if it it doesn't get you off it then you have no reason to read it 
yeah the, i'm really excited for this i i have i don't know where it's going to go but like this issue set up some really cool things mm-hmm. very very cool i hope they stick the landing and more importantly i'm glad so many people now see what i've been seeing in jerry duggan forever and that is look he might not be a big name writer like a snyder or a bendis or an aaron or anything like that but the man is a constant workhorse has a love for marvel cosmic and these characters and he seems to be crafting a hell of an event so far yeah he's basically he's basically been doing like what like like jeff johns and robert venditti did to like green lanterns to like yeah. the cosmic of marvel like reinventing it a little bit and uh, making it cool it's it's early but people are already drawing some dan abnett com- uh comparisons and i'm like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I could see it. If he can stick the landing, I hope so. But yeah, it's basically like, hey, you know everything you loved in Marvel Cosmic? Well, it's back and it's important now. Yeah, that's really cool. It's back in Pog form. Because <laughs> nothing's cooler than Pogs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess, should we hop on over to the other big Marvel event, or should we do something DC-related? Uh, let's do the other Marvel event. Cool. So we had Doctor Strange Damnation this week. All right, tell me about it. I haven't got a chance to read it yet. Okay, so this is the big new Doctor Strange storyline, big Marvel, basically doing for the magic universe what Infinity seems to be doing for the cosmic universe. Uh, Takes place not long after the events of Secret Empire, and in fact, Nick Spencer is a co-writer on this one. Uh, Sam Wilson and the rest of the Avengers are like where Vegas was destroyed and they're apologizing to everyone being like, oh man, we, we sure, we sure did drop the ball on that one. Everybody we're, we're, (laughs) we're real sorry about what Hydra did, but you know, maybe, maybe if we can just move on with our lives and everything, it'll be fine. Only for Dr. Strange to come on Dan and be like, wait, wait, everybody in my own book, I defeated Loki and I'm actually way more powerful than I ever was before. I'm going to fix what went wrong in the secret empire. I'm going to bring Vegas back with my powers. (laughs) And before the Avengers can even be like, no, Steven don't nope, already doing it. (laughs) Yeah. The fingers are already in the pose. (laughs) The fingers are out. I can't, I can't stop it. And he, and he brings Vegas back and I'm like, Oh, Oh, already I can see Nick Spencer working that great meta text that he loves to do where it's like, look, there's two types of people at Marvel. The people who want to pretend secret empire didn't happen. And the people who want to change it (laughs) and maybe neither are right, but here's the thing. So yeah, he brings Vegas back, including all the people who are dead and they're like, Oh, that's awesome. But did you notice there's a new casino in Vegas that wasn't here before hotel Inferno, which is a hotel casino run by Mephisto and demons. Oh, fun. Very fun. And (laughs) and Doctor Strange goes in. All the other Avengers are, like, working on the perimeter because it's Doctor Strange's story. It's not them. And Strange is like, what the fuck, Mephisto? Why are you here? And he's like, yeah, funny thing. So when Vegas was destroyed, it was so sinful and evil, it literally got sunk down to hell the entire city. Because <laughs> it's the city of sin. Because it's Sin City, and because time works differently in the underworld, me and my demons have just been hanging out, playing craps, eating at the buffet, seeing Vegas shows. And when you brought Vegas back up to the surface, you brought us with it. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and but don't worry though, you know we just we're just running our casino. It's fine. We're not going to do anything bad. Wink. Yeah, yeah, I promise, promise, as he crosses his fingers. Fingers crossed. (laughs) Uh, Apparently we find out that all the people who came back to life, even though they're back alive, technically, their souls still belong to Mephisto. So when they sin, they turn into demons and return to the big vault in the casino. (laughs) 
<laughs> and that's bad. Also, too, just having a big hell tower in the middle of Vegas is really bad for the environment. So people start getting corrupted, including the Avengers, who basically become spirits of vengeance with big Ghost Rider heads. Oh, okay. So that's not good. No. <laughs> and then, you know, Mephisto being Mephisto is like, look, you know, look, Doctor Strange, you've beaten me before in games of chance, but I'm nothing if not consistent. I'll leave Earth and return all these souls, but you have to beat me in a gambling game. <laughs> That's pretty cool. That is cool because it's Vegas and Doctor Strange is like, all right, I'll do it. To which, uh, what is it, Bast the uh, ghost dog, or not Bast the uh, panther god, but a ghost dog named Bats, who's from apparently the Donny Cates run, goes to find Wong, because these two have, bro they broke up at the end of the Jason Aaron run. And he's like, yeah. look, Strange is doing something really stupid, he's banging all of these souls on a game, you have to stop him. <laughs> to which Wong's <laughs> like, oh fuck, if we're dealing with hell on earth and everything and corrupted Avengers, I'll need to unite a team of magic users. So he's got like Moon Knight and Blade and Elsa Bloodstone and Iron Fist and everybody. Oh, that's pretty cool. And it's like, look, we all need to go to Vegas and we need to stop this. And I'm like, that's a cool setup for a story. Yeah, that's that's really cool. And it, the thing is as well, I even though it's in continuity, it sounds like like Elseworldsy sort of sort of story. But like, yeah, I, I'm surprised that that's like kind of in continuity a little bit. It, it kind of has to be in continuity because they need to explain how they brought Vegas back after destroying it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What if what if another writer wanted to write about Las Vegas? Oh, sorry, you can't. We destroyed it. <laughs> it's it's also nice too as an epilogue for secret empire that really really needed it yeah yeah that was like the one big thing that needed to be explained yeah i i definitely hear spencer's voice more in like the screwball comedy and the character interactions everything else is very much donny cates very much dr strange in fact if you are reading that book and you are enjoying it this seems like necessary reading this seems like a must Cool. I'm, I'm definitely going to give it a, a read. And I like I like as well that since they're both sort of co-writing, you can tell kind of like how in Avengers No Surrender, like like Donny Cates is dealing with like the magical stuff and, and, and Nick Spencer is dealing with more of like the Secret Empire ties and yeah. the co the comedy and everything. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice mix. They actually work well together. I was kind of worried going in. I'm like, oh, these guys don't seem like they have uh, styles that would mesh well with one another, but it ends up pretty good. That's good. Yeah, again, good. If, if you want a good magic story, this is this is some cool-looking shit so far. Awesome. Yeah. Now, uh, what else did you have, Matt? Uh, I'll check my, my list here. Um, uh, well, I, I can talk about Avengers issue 681. Yeah, I, we did one I didn't read, or you didn't read. Now, do one I didn't read. Yeah, uh, this is No Surrender Part 6. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah, it just sort of chugs along again with like the um the avengers fighting the black order as well as the lethal legion this this issue though they fight the avengers actually find out about the game mm. and that grand grandmaster is fighting someone it's really smart how they do it they get all their psychics to like fight the black order and lethal legion psychics <laughs> and sort of tap into their minds and find out what's going on <laughs> what the fuck's going on <laughs> yeah and yeah they find out all this and then it becomes basically them uh, protecting the pyramids from either side because they find out when the game is up, when one side wins, the board's going to get thrown away, basically, which means the uh, Earth is going to get destroyed. Isn't that always the way? Yeah, so they've got to protect these pyramids. Um, 
and they they do a really cool thing where the lethal legion the the leader captain glory is basically okay we've got to put out in our contingency plan and that's mm. basically their um uh psyche which uh which i think is manticle manticle right. yeah yeah he, a, a new character who we were only yeah, just seeing she uh he gets him to control one of the blood brothers and forces him to touch one of the pyramids <laughs> to like sacrifice so they get a point they don't end up doing it anyway because they end up getting stopped by the avengers but yeah pretty cool issue lots of um explaining of like the game as well a bit more of the um the rules and everything and we also got like an origin of um uh voyager yeah i was uh, flipping through it and i saw that yeah we find out like her father was like a like a guy who like studied quantum entanglement and she got caught up in his science and became a hero and the cool thing is they they go into detail about that but when they come to like explaining how she got got on the avengers she's like ah oh, and years years later i found people like the avengers and joined them right like they're still leaving that kind of murky right as they should because again i keep saying i wouldn't be shocked if voyager is a villain or is in some way tied to what's going on yeah yeah but that was pretty cool and then they, of course at the end we got like the um the little tease of the hulk who's finally just coming out of like the mount yeah yeah yeah, that, as I said before earlier in the show, they've been teasing him so well. Yeah. These, like, little one-page teasers. Yeah. Again, too, hey, Avengers No Surrender, getting the team stuff uh, back on track, and then you got the two other stories getting cosmic and magic back on track. Yeah, everything's... Yeah, they just starting to get the house in order a bit. Which is always good to see. Uh, I had Batman number 41 this week. Oh, God, let's talk about this book. <laughs> yes, the ki- the kickoff to a new arc from uh, our sometimes favorite writer, sometimes not favorite writer, Tom King. Yeah. Uh, this, this, this saw the big return of Poison Ivy. Yeah, who's now a villain despite, like, DC pushing for years that she's going to be, like, this anti-hero, hero for the green sort of thing. Literal years since the since DC Rebirth, they've been pushing this idea, you know, what if Poison Ivy was a misunderstood anti-hero? Even as early as, uh, what is it, as early as uh, Scott Snyder's last Batman there, well, All-Star well, Batman. Forever Evil, for, uh, like, her tie-in, like, the, the Villains Month tie-in that she had in that, like, she wasn't a villain in that, she was just, like, stopping some like guy who wanted to like infect the green and all that sort of stuff yeah to to her mini series where batman actually looked the other way and let her go to the birds of prey where she was working with them and was actually (laughs) took a job with barbara gordon and actively said look i don't want to hurt humanity anymore yeah now yeah she's just a villain who somehow inexplicably managed to to um infect every single person on the planet yeah with the green even though the green is what governs plants not people yeah how are you able it's to... not the it's not the red yeah. so like how and it's like look i i get you have pheromones and everything but it's not like the people are themselves you're inside the people that's not how her powers work yeah and and on top of that of course only selena and batman are the only ones left uninfected everyone including all of the justice league are infected even though they've made a point of saying like look you know you can you can resist poison ivy's pheromones if you're you know strong-willed and everything but no only only batman but it's interesting enough he's 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 out of his mind enough to one punch alfred but then 10 seconds later is in his mind enough to create a cure 
Yeah, yeah, he'll one punch you out for, for that. I did not understand. And like, oh, that's only just so he can have the Flash come in and and like show that she's got control of everyone. He 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 goes to punch Alfred twice. Is the funny thing one when he's not in his right mind, yeah. one one when he is because Poison Ivy is talking through Alfred. And all I could think is like, what did you think punching Alfred would accomplish? <laughs> You're not gonna hurt Poison Ivy by punching this old man. No, you're just gonna you're just gonna hurt your friend. <laughs> yeah, and again, too, it's like yeah, but I wanted Flash to come in to show how far her you know reach of power goes. I'm like, yeah, I know you did, but it makes no sense. You wanted to do this thing, but you didn't get to it <laughs> logically, which is basically your entire Batman run in a nutshell. I wanted to do a thing, I didn't care how I got there. Yeah, and that that's the thing. When we're, we're probably never gonna find out how poison ivy managed to infect everyone on the planet i i don't doubt it and also too it's like the green has stops and balances in place to make sure people can't do this kind of thing where's swamp thing in all of this This, yeah this literally is a job for swamp thing yeah like the minute she started infecting people he should have come out and said okay there's enough of that shit yeah also again where are agents of the red and the gray and all these other things we know exist to challenge and balance the green to make sure one doesn't get more powerful than the other yeah is vixen out there running around stopping shit no she's probably infected yeah or not even in the book because Tom King forgets about people mm. all uh, the time. Also, too, Catwoman, like, very solidly says, and I never liked you, Poison Ivy. Really? Because I look in all these other books from not that long ago, and you seem to like her a lot, and you got along just fine. Yeah, you seem to like really hanging out with her. Yeah, you were you were Gotham City Sirens. You were all right. <laughs> also, Poison Ivy knows who Batman is. Did that happen in All-Star Batman? I can't remember when that happened. Yeah, I I, can't, I kind of fell off near the end of All Star Batman, but yeah, she she just inexplicably knows, and even then, it's not explained. I would have liked to then, oh, well, she took over like Alfred, and that's how she kind of found out, but yeah. or like Cy- Cyborg or something, and that's how she found out who everyone was or right. something. But like even then, it's not explained. She's also she's, I took over Alfred and everyone and got codes and shit. Yeah, and- <laughs> she's also kind of Freddy Kruegering it, where it's like, oh, I'm in your dreams and everything. I'm like, is any of this real? Because they wake up in bed in their costumes and i'm like is this like some weird dream thing is poison ivy in their dreams because she's got like a dream mushroom or some shit i wouldn't be surprised if that was the twist yeah and then again they also gloss over like oh they they woke up because like batman injected himself and catwoman with this stuff but Mm -hmm. that's never explained like he has a cure but like we're not explained why he has just this cure sitting around at that particular time. Well, well, he made it even though he was fighting control at the same time because Batman is just that great, which is very un-Tom King because Tom King is usually Batman secretly sucks. Yeah, it's so strange. It's so strange. It really, really is. And once again, I gave a negative review to this comic and got a lot of vitriol. It's like, it's only issue Mm -hmm. one. You don't know where it's going. And I'm like, yeah. So did I. And I'm like, yeah, it's issue one, and I don't know where it's going. That's bad for an issue that's supposed to set it up, (laughs) especially when it's only supposed to be like one of two issues. Yeah, that's bad because then, yeah, the second issue is either going to have a lot of explaining to do, which it won't because it's a Tom King Batman book, mm-hmm. uh, or they're going to have like a half-assed explanation where it's like, oh, it happened because this happened. Cause, cause... Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Also, too, this hit me, too, where it's like, hey, you know, remember in that last arc that we really hated with the gentleman and everything and you wanted to do a whole story about, like, you know, uh, Batman being tempted by Wonder Woman? Wouldn't it have been interesting to have Poison Ivy be the villain of that story? 
story when temptation is kind of her deal nah no nah, i can't do that that's no, that, too you know that would have too made, easy that would have made sense and then you could have a thing where it's like oh was batman really tempted or was poison ivy's pheromones fucking with his head but no we can't have that because i invented this character the gentleman i think you're all really gonna like him yeah no we didn't <laughs> no we did not like the gentleman <laughs> We didn't like that, but yeah, just friggin' more Tom King Batman. What what can we say? Yeah, yeah. Now, apparently on Twitter, he jokingly said, oh yeah, and I have like another hundred issues worth of Batman stories. And I'm like, do you? Do you really? Because I kind of I kind of worry about, uh, what is it, James Tynan leaving Detective Comics. At least I always had an alternative. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of worrying about this. Please don't take away my alternative. Yeah. Well, at the moment, they've got that Brave and the Bold series with Batman and Wonder Woman, and I, I'm going to be reviewing it, and I kind of flick through it, and it looks super cool. It looks pretty. It looks really cool. It looks really good. Yeah, the art looks pretty good on that one. So yeah, that was Batman, everyone. Matt and I weren't huge fans of it. No, we probably won't be for a while until something drastically changes. <laughs> I mean, like, it seems like so much of this run is like, okay, get to the summer, get to the wedding, get to the yeah. return of the Joker, because that seems to be what all roads are leading to in this Tom King Batman book. Yeah, and it kind of, in a way as well, feels like he's spinning wheels to get to that, Where in a way. It's like, yeah, this is where my story's going. I don't know where I'm going to go till then. Yeah. But yeah, so that's 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 everyone. Uh, what else did you have? I had Superman issue forty-one. Ah, yes, yes, the continuation of Suicide Planet and the freaky fish people who are also religious fundamentalists. Yeah, I really enjoyed this issue. I obviously had like um, it had echoes of like Krypton's ending and everything, um, and I like that they 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 challenged Superman with like, oh, well, like I really shouldn't really be coming here and like forcing my values on people yeah. but it's about saving people and that's all that matters so does it does it really matter if i'm forcing my my values you know it's it's funny never have i read a comic where i've ultimately agreed with the assertions being made in it and yet also felt they were being horribly ham-fisted about it at the same time <laughs> the bit the bit that me kind of made me kind of slap my head is when the one freaky fish scientist you know a fish l you know, uh, talks to him about like, oh, you know, my wife was killed because she believed in science, but all these religious fundamenta fish uh, didn't like her at all and everything. But but I have just enough eggs to send to another planet, and like, oh no, I'm I'm dying, Superman. Oh, but it's okay though, because I'll get to see my wife again. And Superman's like, what? You believe in science and the afterlife? That impossible. <laughs> Me have never met anyone like that. I'm like, but Superman, you're fucking Superman. You've met lots of people like that. Why is this so huge to him? I will say though, the bit I loved and the bit I, w I wish the issue had opened with this is John actually asking his dad after everything that happened and saying, hey, super dad, do you actually believe in God? Because, like, you're basically a god yourself, and you hang out with gods from other pantheons all the time. Where where do you stand on it? Yeah, and he says, well, you know, I've been on a lot of adventures, so it's kind of hard not to believe in nothing, you know? There's definitely something out there. <laughs> which which is a super non-committal answer, but I'll take it. I'm like, okay, that's, that is that is a panel that out of context will work really well when people uh, reuse it over <laughs> and over again. But all I could wait to be like, no, no, but, but we already know who the god of the DC universe is. It's Dr. Manhattan. He's big blue and wears no pants. 
<laughs> you, you should be worshipping Dr. Manhattan and giving thanks to him every day. <laughs> there, there is but one God, and it is Dr. Manhattan. <laughs> God is a watchmaker, everybody. <laughs> but yeah, that, uh, that, that, that was Superman 41. Anything else to say? <laughs> Uh, no, I, I really enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to the next issue because it's like about um, Bizarro yes. and Bizarro World. So that's going to be really cool. Yeah, I, I did not love this two-part story, but I am so hyped for Boyzaro, as they're calling it. Yeah. Can't can't wait for that. That one's going to be worth the wait. Now, what else did I have this week? We're just, we're just going right through these mad at breakneck speed, I tell you. Yeah. Uh, what else did I have? Uh, oh, uh, I guess because we're on the subject of it, let's talk about Super Sons. Yeah, let's. This was a really cool, cool issue. Yeah, getting to see uh, John and Damien hang out in school and how each of them uh, handle social situations very differently. <laughs> very, very differently. <laughs> yeah, to put it nicely, uh, John is beloved by the student body because he's just a likable kid and yet at the same time he's also very much lying to them because he's he's doing essentially a riff on what his dad does being like oh you know yeah. I, I i'm clumsy and unexceptional and oh this is me underachieving john kent over here <laughs> where damien's like yeah i'm a dick i'm also smarter than all the teachers here so fuck you i'm just gonna keep doing it i'm gonna I'm keep it real essentially <laughs> yeah i i really like that i really like it. especially since like them going to school had gotten been teased for like a few issues before this one and then finally get get to see it when them interact with other students and pretend to be just these normal kids is really cool and how like wow john really is damien's only friend he cannot interact with regular everyday people to save his life yeah yeah that uh, that was funny. That was cute and of course uh his mom telia al ghul comes back into town and that causes no end of trouble yeah, I like that she she doesn't really like that he's going to school as well as like hanging out with John. Yeah. She's like, you're better than this. You, you don't hang out with this riffraff. You're, you're supposed to be the modern day Alexander the Great. I raised you to be the <laughs> ultimate weapon and you're slumming it in fucking private school. <laughs> which, which, man, how much of a snob do you have to be that uh, private school is slumming it? <laughs> have you seen the, uh, the tuition bills to a place like this and those spiffy uniforms? Yes, the education system in that cave I was living in in the Batman books is much better. Yeah, yeah. Being homeschooled by an old British man was much better than what I got here. And the food was better, too. But yeah, so Talia's like, hey, you know, I will give you a chance. Come rejoin my new League of Assassins I'm starting up. And in a nice bit of character development, Damien's like, no, no, we've done this like a hundred times before. I'm not going to join you. I rep Team Batman for life. (laughs) (laughs) And even John's like, that's good, Damien. I'm glad you you didn't fall to the dark side when given the chance. (laughs) I thought you would have. Uh... God. <laughs> and, and to play with the idea, too, that, like, John doesn't really understand where Damien comes from. Like, he's heard the stories that's like, yeah, his mom was a villain and his granddad's a villain and he was raised to be an assassin and everything. But it's just starting to hit John now. It's like, oh, you've killed people like lots of people. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. He's starting to realize that, like, oh, I could see, like, why in the future that thing happens that that weirdo Damien, that weirdo Tim said. Mm-hmm. Like, like I thought you were just a prickly, mean kid, but, like, you might actually be something of a sociopath. <laughs> and 
that might be bad. Uh, it's fun too. The uh, the new ninjas we see in here for the League of Assassins. You know they're Talia's ninjas because they share her color scheme. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was very cute, and they even do some interesting writing here, where it's like, you know, why why does Talia want to restart the League of Assassins? Was she not fighting with the assassins? She must be hard up for cash to restart Leviathan if this is what she's doing. Yeah, and I, I also I found, I found it funny as well. Um, because obviously we got the, we got the that um that Batman story with Talia where it looked like she was like exiled to this place. The League knew she was there, were keeping an eye on her, and now she's just like like free yeah and like again tom king where was she uh, why was she there uh. yeah yeah with reasons <laughs> again if you think we're just making shit up that tom king just writes stuff and then doesn't bother answering it that was a whole story where it's like and this yeah. is a special place that no government and no justice league can go why uh. yeah yeah why is tylee here and why is she under the protection and guard of the justice league mm-hmm uh. Yeah. reasons is, is, why is it, why is she and not like any other villain yeah. look i wanted catwoman and talia to have a sword fight and i didn't care how <laughs> i got there and catwoman's gonna win too because it's my story and she wins if i want to and when fans complain at me i'm gonna tell them that on twitter <laughs> and then a couple arcs later i'm gonna have to apologize for writing a bad wonder woman <laughs> no no apology this week for poison ivy though <laughs> <laughs> which look which again just just to reel it back there for a second i'm i'm fine with poison ivy becoming a villain again i'm not okay with them given no reason why yeah yeah give us a reason at least a little bit of a reason yeah a, a bad reason is better than no reason but yeah okay back to super sons there of course the big stinger of that issue is we find out one of the people that talia and her ninjas have been hired to kill is lois lane yeah, again, Lois Lane in the sights of assassins. Man, every freaking week, Deathstroke tried to kill her. Now Talia's trying to kill her. Yeah, yeah. The the the, the in the action comics, she she's apparently dead now with her her, her yeah. father in Lagambar and yeah. <laughs> ah, that was just a mortar. Lois can shrug off a mortar. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, okay. that, that's that's going to be really interesting because obviously Talia doesn't know that like no. John is her son and Mm-mm. again playing with that that cool thing that like Superman had all those years where someone would try and kill Lois and you know use Clark Kent or something to get to her or yeah. something it's going to be really fascinating too I actually really want to hear Lois and Talia have a discussion now especially that they're both mothers and everything I think that would be cool that, yeah, that would be cool. I'd like to see them fight each other as well. Yeah, because that's another thing. It's like, Lois ain't going to take no shit off Talia. It's like, oh, you're the daughter of the demon. Oh, you're one of the deadliest women in the world. Well, guess what? <laughs> so am I, motherfucker. Then she pulls out a switchblade. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm a reporter in Metropolis. <laughs> yeah. I, I was also made a Fury of Apocalypse a couple issues back, if you forget. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I got the little switchblade. <laughs> I, I also put on the Hellbat armor and beat up the, uh, what is it? Eradicator. Yeah, I beat up the Eradicator, and I uh, got in a big, like, bike chase with Frankenstein. I'm actually tough as shit recently in this run. <laughs> like, before, it would be, in, in past runs, it's like, oh, that's not an even fight, Talia against Lois. Now it's like, no, that's kind of an even fight, though. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, I'm gonna put some serious money on Lois. <laughs> like, like, this is gonna be a tough fight. Like, this is, like, she's gonna put her through her paces <laughs> uh, but yeah so that was super sons that one's fun uh enjoy it for the next three issues before it becomes something else yeah i'm, I'm very interested to see what it's going to become or where it's going to go 
I think there's a lot of talk, too, that because all the Justice League uh, are getting reshuffled, and, like, apparently in the Titans book, not the Teen Titans book, but the Titans book, they've broken up at the moment, and in Teen Titans, they still have to deal with the fact that, like, three of the members turn-coded against John and Damien. Yeah, I know I know the Titans, I think the Justice League made them break up. Oh, did they? Interesting. I think so. I think I remember, like, a passing comment in, like, a book I was reading about the Titans being broken up by the mm-hmm. Justice League or something. Right. So, interesting times. I would, be, I would be funny if they take the broken up Teen Titans and the main Titans book and they're like, okay, now you are just the Titans and it's like a new book made up of both. Yeah, that would make a lot of sense. And then everyone who's left just in time for the new Young Justice show. Hey, Aqualad. Hey, Beast Boy. How about you two go over here with Miss Martian and a couple <laughs> other people and new Tim Drake. And now you can be the Young Justice team just in time for the Young Justice show. And oh, look, Blue Beetle's back. <laughs> and, and Static. I want Static back, too. <laughs> static be on one of these teams, please? Can, can Static be anywhere? <laughs> no joel none of the apparently none of these milestone characters can be anywhere because we might not actually own the rights to any of them no no remember remember when we were following that story religiously dc hey we're bringing milestone back everybody oh fuck we're getting sued by the woman who owns who actually owns 51 percent of these characters <laughs> oh oh man why did why did we jump the gun with that artwork oh shit <laughs> yeah oh god we should have done that shouldn't have done that man if you watch the documentary they did on image uh robert kirkman did it for his like big series of comic book uh, documentaries at the end of that uh, De- uh dennis cohen one of the original founders of uh milestone talks about like yeah you know we all got together uh, after Dwayne mcduffie's funeral and we decided you know what now now's the time to bring it back this is the era for it you know, it's it's going to be a lot of the stuff people remember, but it's going to be lots of new stuff too. And like he's drawing all the, he he's drawing the pictures that will become the images that they put out when they talked about Milestone coming back. And I'm like, oh <laughs> yeah, apparently you all talked about. It. Apparently you didn't clear it with McDuffie's widow though. <laughs> Oops. Oh god. <laughs> so, so like this big happy ending of being like, oh, and Milestone lives again. And I'm like, that was quite a few years ago. Now you said it was going to live again, and it didn't. Oh, God. <laughs> I hope they can work it out, though. I would like to see Milestone yeah. come back, but not in a way that, you know, fucks over McDuffie's widow. Just just give her what she wants. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what she wants, but just goddamn give it to her. You, you know what it is? They're probably just like, just give us static. All we want is static. No one cares about Blood Syndicate or hardware or anything. Just give us... There's no point in relaunching Milestone if we don't have static. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to be the centerpiece. He was going to be the main one, but nah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that was that one I had this week. I, I only had uh, two more books. What uh, what did you have? Um, what did I have? Uh, just thinking what I've read because I haven't put a lot of my reviews up already. Mm. Um, what have I read? I read... Um, Oh, uh, Justice League issue 39. Oh, yeah. See, I kind of fell off this one now. Like, I'm collecting them, but I'm not reviewing them anymore because it's like, oh, well, once this is done, this is done, and we're going right into No Justice, and I need <laughs> I need the room. This this was a really cool book. Obviously, we're continuing on with the whole fan thing mm-hmm. and, like, the people fighting the Justice League. Uh, this issue was a lot more, um, I guess, like, political because after last issue, we got 
cyborg now as the the leader or the chairman right. of of the justice league and he's got to go to court and like talk and people are like oh why isn't batman here and yeah, it's like oh maybe he is you just won't know it because <laughs> <laughs> he's a ninja yeah yeah that's exactly the reason victor gives to the judge like maybe he is here he's a master disguise <laughs> so like he could be here somewhere batman um, is but all yeah, over he- batman's in our hearts yeah, but Batman wasn't there. He was with the JLA um, uh, dealing with a train disaster. Uh, and, yeah, it, it's just about this train disaster that the JLA help with as well as, like, members of the Justice League. Mm-hmm. And they, they do it completely wrong because it's like this train has, like, chemicals and when mixed with, like, the air and the water, oh. it creates all this toxic shit and, like, could cause a big explosion. So they end up doming off this, like, part of the city and it just happened to be like the rich part of the city. <laughs> so everyone's like, and because of like the runoff and everything, the poor part of the city across the tracks was getting all like fucked up and everything. And it's, the league it's, weren't it's doing anything about it. Literally on the wrong side of the tracks is what you're telling me. <laughs> yeah. The league weren't doing anything about it. So like social media was just ripping them apart and like telling them that they're like evil people. They're any help. The one percenters, mm. all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and it was really cool. And we got some really cool, like, timeline tidbits because apparently, like, this Justice League has been around for 15 years. Hmm. Which I don't, I don't know if that works out. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't think it does. I have stopped trying to make sense <laughs> yeah, of yeah. the Justice League timeline. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. Headcanon. It's the right number <laughs> up here. Yeah, um, while they're doing it, both Lanterns get called off by uh, Martian Manhunter for something to do in space. We don't know what, but it's cool. Martian Manhunter appears in both his alien form, but also like his detective form oh, of John good. Jones. Haven't seen that in a bit. Yeah, no, that was really surprised when I when I saw that. But yeah, it was really cool issue. And we got a really cool part with Aquaman at the start where, um, because um, like two issues ago, that the fan like teleported them all over the globe. Yes, that's right. Uh, he, he got teleported to the desert. <laughs> so like, he's like kind of slowly dying cause he's like dehydrated he's and everything. A, he's a fish in the sun. Jeff Johns did that story actually early on in his Aquaman <laughs> run where he got dumped in the middle of the desert. Yeah. Uh, he gets like, he gets jumped by like a bunch of like Mad Max, like sand pirates. Sweet. And, um, He's got to, like, deal with them, and he's, like, fighting them. And then the fan turns up in, like, a Bromoa costume. <laughs> like, like riding a camel, and he's, like, long hair, big scraggly beard and everything. And he kills a bunch of them. And um, the world will think that Arthur killed them because he, used, he uses uh, Aquaman's trident to kill them. A, a, a limited edition Aquaman trident that I got off eBay. <laughs> yeah yeah that's probably exactly what it was uh but it's cool because he gives um he gives him the hydration suit that blue suit uh he had like when did he have it he had it in the in the comics like years ago it was yeah. like a it's like a blue sort of like camo-y looking suit <laughs> it's it, it's a discontinued hydro suit yeah that, that, that i got at a trade show <laughs> i traded uh four little lulu comics and a mr pip for it <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's the, the comic book guy like gave him give him that and everything and yeah then he he buggers off and you know leaves I, leaves him for like simon or someone i i think there's no better indication that no one is actually reading the justice league book right now that christopher priest has made his ultimate villain the ultimate toxic fanboy and real toxic fanboys aren't pitch uh pissing and moaning on twitter about it 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great as well. I I love this love this villain because it's not he's not being like a villain really. Mm. He's like just like he knows too much and that's what makes him a threat to he's the Justice League. He's being a terrible fan. There's good ways to be yeah. fans and there's bad ways to feed fans and he's being bad. Yeah. It's so meta. <laughs> it's incredibly meta, which again too I think is another thing where they're like, you know what, we're just going to reboot all the Justice League books anyway. Christopher Pre- go nuts, do whatever you want. Yeah, and he's like, really? Really? You want me to do that? Really? Okay, I, I'll go nuts. You'll see. I'll go really nuts. Yeah, he, he had to take off the priest collar for this. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. I'll put putting that over there. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm going to make uh, Cyborg the leader of the team, and I'm going to be the villain, a uh, make the villain into a harsh critique of the fan community. <laughs> How you like them apples? Yeah, but yeah, no, I really enjoyed this issue. It was, I really love what he's been doing with the book, and it's it's much needed. Yeah, a, a shame it's going to be short lived, but I get the feeling this is going to be a really good trade when it's all said and done. Definitely. Yeah. So, uh, what else did I have this week? Ooh, I had Thor this week, seven oh four, which I think is the penultimate issue in the death of Jane Foster. Okay. This, this was a really compelling issue because we have Jane on her deathbed, and because she's so close to dying, she's thinking about her own mortality and all the other times that death touched her life. So she remembers the death of her mother, who ironically also died of breast cancer. Okay. And her mom's like, look, Jane, I know I, I, know I didn't raise, raise you religiously or anything, but look, you know, find, find something to latch onto. Find God so you can have something to believe in. <laughs> At a time like this, the irony being like, oh yeah, Jane Foster didn't find God, God's found her. Yeah, she's actually a god. Yeah, boy boy, did they find her. Then she remembers the death of her father, who died of a heart attack, and like, hey, the doctor who oversaw that was Donald Blake, go figure. Okay. Yeah. And it's like, you know, oh, you know, he he died, you know, he was in a lot of pain after the heart attack. You know, he's he's in a better place now. Maybe, maybe death was better for him. And then the final scene of death that she remembers, and oh boy, was this a deep cut for Jason Aaron. And this answered a question people have been asking forever. So, like, back in the 60s, Jane Foster had a husband, Keith Kincaid, and they had a Mm -hmm. kid together, little widow Jimmy Kincaid. And uh, in 2007... Uh, when Straczynski was writing Thor and they were all living on Earth again, uh, Jane hears about Thor coming back and, like, abandons her family to go try and find <laughs> Thor and get back with him. And then the husband and the son die off panel. Oh, God. And, and Jason Aaron brings this up and is like, no, 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 no. She felt, she felt really bad about it, everybody. And then when they died, she blamed Thor and the gods for it, being like, you know, why why can the gods battle Galactus and turn back Phoenix forces whenever, but when my family died, how come you weren't there for that? Okay. <laughs> and I'm like, that's pretty cool. And they juxtapose all of this stuff with uh, Odin and Thor fighting the Mangog on Asgard. And it's kind of this back and forth of like, you know, fighting the disease that is cancer and fighting this unstoppable monster. They're very much the same. And they do like kind of yeah. that archer thing where like a yeah. character will start a sentence and then the other characters will finish it. Um, mm-hmm. Loki gets to meet his mom again, and she's like, hey, you fucking stabbed me with a poison dagger like two volumes ago. And he's like, yeah, I did, but that was to save you. If I didn't, Malekith was going to fucking kill you. I thought you were better in a coma 
than you were where you could get hurt. And she's like, you know what? I don't want your help, Loki. You're a piece of shit. If Asgardi is going to die, if this is new Ragnarok, I'd rather go down with the ship. <laughs> so he gets rebuffed and turned away. I'm like, ouch, you feel bad for Loki in this. Yeah. Uh, Mangog then grabs con- the controls of Asgardia because it's a floating space station. Like, Asgard isn't a place anymore. Asgardia, it's a mm-hmm. big floating thing. And Mangog's yeah. like, woohoo, I could fly this into whatever I want. Pro- <laughs> probably Earth. <laughs> I'm probably going to crash into Earth because this is always how it happens. Jane overhears all this and, like, they're trying to keep it from her, all the other superheroes. And they're like, what? Asgardia's gone? What? We can't reach Thor anymore? Well, can we scramble some Avengers to go? How about- we can't? And Jane's just like, motherfucker. So she stands up out of her deathbed, reads her chart, and goes, huh, you know what? I probably could have beaten this cancer too. Mjolnir to me. <laughs> then transforms knowing full well because Doctor Strange told her in the last issue if you transform one more time your body will not be able to survive turning back it is a one way trip this this is this is how you will die damn so that next issue <laughs> yeah but it's beautiful too because in the issue previous to this she's like you know what friends you're right you know, I'm going to try and beat this cancer I'm going to go back I'm going to go back to the chemo you know it's it, it'd be selfish of me to, you know, just kill myself this way. You know, I'm going to try and get better for my friends, but only on the condition that, you know, you beat Malekith and you beat the Mangog. Oh, you can't do it? Crap. <laughs> but you know what? I'm, I, I'm not going to die like my mother and my father and my husband. I'm not going to wait for the gods to come save the day. I'm going to make my own destiny, and I'm going to save it. And I'm like, oh, that's really cool, actually, how she came full circle on that. And because you've yeah. been cool like last hero ride thing yeah that's really cool it is cool again it's like man jason aaron's been on this book for six years yeah that's a long time you and i have switched jobs multiple times (laughs) in what it has taken jason aaron to write thor and that hit me and i'm like wow even at this juncture he's still plunging new depth and still writing new stuff for these characters and man is gonna be sad when it's all over yeah, yeah, it definitely is. I'm going to catch up once, like, he finishes, like, probably the death of Jane Foster. Yeah. But, yeah, when, when you've been talking about it, it just sounds so good. It's it's really epic. Like, this, the, this to me, is like you when you talk about Injustice, where I'm like, oh, that's great. I got to catch up on that. I got to catch up on Or, like, Black Bolt. And then when I finally do, and I'm like, wow, Matt, you weren't kidding. That was great. <laughs> That was really good. I'm happy I got to read all that in one sitting. In fact, you'll probably read better in one setting to uh, one sitting too, because there's like stuff he makes reference to. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like last year, two volumes ago. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It is. So that was uh, that was uh, Thor. Everybody, still one of the best things Marvel's putting out right now. What a what a hell of a <laughs> run it's been. Yeah, that sounds awesome. It's it's really really solid. Uh, what else did you have? Because I only have one more. Um. Yeah, my last book is uh, New Superman, which got a retitle, and it's now New Superman and the Justice League of China. It sure is, and they're very excited about this at DC. Yeah, yeah, this book, um, obviously, it's it's following on from New Superman, so it's issue 20. Uh, It's not not going back to an issue one, and uh, we see the Justice League of China, who are now operating as their own separate entity from um, the... Ministry of Self-Reliance. They're, they're actually wanted criminals <laughs> by the Chinese government because they're operating on their own. 
um, but they still do do shit in the country saving. And this this issue has them dealing with the uh, apocalyptic alien called Sleaze. Oh, that guy! I know all about that guy. He, yeah, he was like in the old ass story where Superman and Barda get mind controlled into making a yeah. sex tape together, and then he was in Countdown, and now he's in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's back in this, and he's he's fighting them. He's like feeding on children at like this like uh, ski resort. Um, so the Justice League have to fight him, um, and he kind of brings up like some emotions between Avery, the speedster, and Keenan. Right. Um, uh, that both of them actually have feelings for each other, so they've got to deal with that while fighting this monster. And then does he um, pull out t- his camcorder? 